Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pop Culture Grab Bag, where we take a look at the good, the bad, and the weird in the world of pop and geek culture. I'm Tim Nacy, a reporter for Viewpoints, and someone who has a really exciting show for you today. I'll be starting off by giving you my review of the movie Colossal, an underregarded fantasy indie comedy about a woman who discovers that she has psychic control over a skyscraper-sized monster that's terrorizing Seoul, South Korea. This movie ties into our main event, where in just a few minutes, fellow Viewpoints reporters Jonathan Ramirez and Tyrese Blue are joining me for a spoiler-filled discussion of the biggest movie release of the year so far, Godzilla vs. Kong. We've got a pretty packed show ahead of us, so let's hop right into Colossal. Now, this film was released in 2016 and is directed by Nacho Vigalando, a Spanish filmmaker who's mostly known for his horror material. His filmography is pretty light on features, but he's done a lot of work in the short film sphere, as well as segments in anthology movies like VHS and the ABCs of Death. I'm not overly familiar with his work, but judging solely by Colossal, I'm definitely impressed by his style. For better or worse, this is a weird little movie. It stars Anne Hathaway, who I'm sure you know from The Princess Diaries, The Devil Wears Prada, and The Dark Knight Rises, as Gloria, a woman who is a bit of a mess. She used to be a writer for a web magazine, but lost her job due to unexplained circumstances. She now spends all of her time out drinking, partying, and just being generally self-destructive with her vapid friends. Her boyfriend, Tim, played by Dan Stevens, who you might recognize from The Guest or Legion, has had enough. He kicks her out of his apartment, and she's forced to go back to her hometown to live in her parents' old house. While she's there, she meets an old friend, Oscar, played by Jason Sudeikis from SNL, We're the Millers, and Horrible Bosses, who offers her a job at his bar. While this happens, we're given bits and pieces of some news reports about a giant monster who looks a little like Groot with devil horns and a frog face, tearing up the city of Seoul, South Korea. She's as surprised as anyone would be under the circumstances until she notices the monster doing something really odd, standing in one spot and scratching the top of its head, which she recognizes as a verbal tick of hers. She quickly figures out that she's connected to this monster. Whenever she goes to a specific area of the park near her parents' house, the monster appears in a corresponding spot in Seoul and mirrors her exact movements like it would if she was wearing a mocap suit. In my book, this movie's weirdness is both its biggest strength and its biggest weakness. Only having seen one of his movies, I can tell that Nacho Vigalando is a weird guy with his own original set of sensibilities. That quirkiness is something that can get you over some of this movie's rough patches, but at the same time, Colossal is so quirky that the marketing team didn't know what to do with it, so they sold it as this cutesy little indie comedy about Anne Hathaway making a kaiju dance. Some were rubbed the wrong way by that approach, and others went into this expecting that movie and instead ending up with a dark story about alcoholism, abuse, and manipulation that also happened to involve Anne Hathaway making a kaiju dance. Another of this movie's biggest strengths is the performances. Anne Hathaway is really good as a disintegrating party girl. She's really charming when she wants to be, and that goes a long way towards showing you why she has so many drinking buddies, while at the same time not glorifying this lifestyle. The movie spends a fair amount of time showing her goofing around, but more often than not, the night will end with her passing out somewhere she shouldn't be, waking up with extreme neck pain and having to limp back home. She's really funny and really sad in an equal measure and simultaneously, and I think this movie might be my favorite performance of hers. The other powerhouse performance comes from Jason Sudeikis. I don't want to spoil too much about his role in this movie, so I'll just say this. You don't get to see him play this kind of character often, and he is shockingly good at it. Colossal has its share of problems. Some things aren't properly explained, the tone takes wild, erratic turns, and a lot of character dynamics 
particularly the one between Gloria and her boyfriend Tim, lack proper context and can leave one of the parties involved looking unnecessarily cruel. But if you're charmed by oddball indie movies, it's probably worth a look. It's not perfect, and it's a little unclear what exactly it's trying to say, but I can definitely recommend this movie, which is now streaming on Hulu. And now, let's move on to our main topic, Godzilla vs. Kong, which was released on March 31st, 2021. It was directed by Adam Wingard, who's done a lot of work in the horror genre with movies like Your Next and 2016's Blair Witch sequel. Coincidentally, he also directed segments in both the ABCs of Death and VHS, along with the director of Colossal, Nacho Vigalondo. This film stars Alexander Skarsgård, Rebecca Hall, Millie Bobby Brown, and Brian Tyree Henry. I wanted to find the names of the motion capture performers who did the work for Godzilla and King Kong, but try as I might, I couldn't find them credited anywhere. To me, this just seemed like the most unfair thing in the world, considering that they were the true stars of this movie. So whoever you guys are, if you happen to be listening out there, you did a fantastic job and are the real MVPs of this movie. Before we get started, I'd like to officially issue a spoiler warning. We're not going to be pulling any punches in this next segment, so if you haven't seen Godzilla vs. Kong yet and spoilers bother you, please pause the show and go see the movie. We'll be here when you get back. That being said, let's introduce the panel. I have with me today fellow Viewpoints reporter Jonathan Ramirez. Hi there. And I also have Tyrese Blue from the Life section. What's up? All right, so let's just get right into this, guys. How did you feel about Godzilla vs. Kong? I loved it as someone that's like been kind of into like kaiju movies for a long time. Like I've I went into it with like the same expectations I go into it with most kaiju movies, which is like it's not I'm not going into it exactly 100% for the story. I'm going into it for like the the high octane like CGI effects and like the like the brutal fight scenes. That's what I was that's what I signed up for and I feel like it that movie delivered with me. Right, right. Full expectation that it's going to get stupid. Uh, how, how do you feel? How do you feel, Tyrese? Yeah, I have to agree with John. Like, that's what I thought. Like, I, I think I was in it more for the CGI and the, and the visual effects rather than the, the plot. Yeah, 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 I mean... So one thing... Oh, I'm sorry? No, but I just, like... Because I watched the second film. The first... Was the film before that? I watched it... I watched that afterwards. So I think, like, a good feel of both films. So, Yeah. Yeah, I, I have not been following the cinematic universe, so yeah, I, there was a lot of context that I was missing out on. Uh, one thing I want to get into, first and foremost, kind of the ugly stuff. Uh, something that really irritates me a lot in disaster movies like this is the human characters. I always feel that, you know, you're here for the monsters, you're here for the storm, you're here for the aliens. Like, why are they going to spend so much time on human characters? How did you guys feel about the human characters in this movie. Do you think they were too do you think there was too much of them or not enough? I felt that there was uh too much of them. I always feel like there's always too much of like human characters in sci-fi movies because it's human humanity never ceases itself to be its own worst enemy when it comes to anything sci-fi related. So <laughs> I felt like nothing humans cause nothing but their own problems. That kind of what I said in my uh, issue that I felt like, you know, the humans' characters are just like the vessel. They're just supposed to like carry you through the film of the Titans. Like they're not really the significant, like part of the film. They're just there to like help you guide you through it. You know, if that makes. Sense. Yeah, I agree with you guys, uh, but I will say that the like, the main trio 
in this movie who were played by, uh, I cannot for the life of me remember their names, but the characters played by Millie Bobby Brown, uh, obviously from Stranger Things, Julie, Julian Dennison from uh, Deadpool 2 and Hunt for the Wilder People, and Brian Tyree Wilson uh, from Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I really liked them just as actors. They gave really strong, they weren't very useful in the story itself, but I felt they gave really strong performances. I agree with you, except for the except except for Millie Bobby Brown's character, because I felt like she was like the most useless. I felt like had it been more like with Barney's character, like uh, like because I felt like he was just funny enough on his own and just like politically like plot driven enough to like like carry like carry that half of the movie by himself. Yeah, I honestly would have liked to get more of like more of a center on Julian Dennison just because just because he was just being dragged around by his ear by Millie Bobby Brown. Like the poor guy. I was he was like I, I sympathize with him so much. He, he his brother was a storm chaser. Like his brother needed that van, but <laughs> clearly it got used for other purposes. No, yeah, following following a guy who showers in bleach around <laughs> Like befriending him with and like breaking into a high security government building in the same day, right? Yeah, and then ending up on the other side of the world, not to mention. So another thing that I would like to get into is so something something that really impressed me in this movie was the characterization of Godzilla and Kong, just the humanization of the both of them, um, particularly Kong, but even at some moments like Godzilla, like when. Like when uh, Mechagodzilla had Godzilla pinned down and Kong saved him. And that kind of like, you're all right, man, kind of grin uh, Godzilla gave Kong. Like, I, I, I really, I liked these, I liked these two monsters, like, just as characters, a surprising amount. You guys have any thoughts on that? I thought that their characters were very consistent and just how, like, they are and just, like, the kaiju kind of, like, basically the whole idea is that con the godzilla only attacks really when he's provoked that's the central kind of consistent theme that they always go along with like with most of the con with the godzilla movies and i felt like it i felt like godzilla walking away from the kong in the times where it mattered was really impactful and i really liked those moments yeah it really helped him to not feel like he was a full-on villainous character exactly yeah, I felt so bad for the way Godzilla was being perceived in this movie because really the only reason he was attacking was because he was picking up bad vibes. Like that really truly was what happened. And the entire movie before this one, he was entirely saving the planet. Like that was the overall point of the movie. And now in this one, like he's being perceived in the complete opposite way. I mean, that's the point of all the Titans. Like they're supposed to like bring balance to the world, you know? Like, like they're apparently like I read that they have like radiation that like helps restore the ecosystem, and here comes ape, yeah, and here comes apex wanting to take them out. So they basically want to destroy the world, the, eco the whole ecosystem. Like, like we're already doing that already as humans. <laughs> yeah, um, apex, apex kind of got on my nerves just because like I just the, the, the they had this whole plan yeah. to like create their own kaiju to fight the other kaiju's. Yeah. But what they did was they sent scientists to the kaiju planet to go collect ki magic kaiju energy to put into Mechagodzilla. And somehow they were shocked when the power became too much and the kaiju was like, well, I don't need you anymore. 
And I was like, you really, you really didn't see that coming. You really couldn't have imagined that that might be the outcome here. Well, not only that, but in the last film, um, uh, King of Monsters, like at the end credit scene, that the, the guy like buys the, what's his name? Uh, King, King of King Gridor. What's his name? You're not talking about. I think it was Ghidorah. King Ghidorah. King Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Yeah. The three headed beast. He buys his corp. Yeah, he buys his corpse and they incorporate it into a. Uh, um, Mechazilla. Oh, that's right. So yeah, he was like the have... he was like the hard drive for Mechagodzilla. The guy was like sitting inside. Yeah. So they put his his neurons. So basically, has his his conscience. You know. So that's why it disobeyed them because basically thinking like you know Ghidorah. Basically. Yeah. See, that's that that's the context that I was missing because I've only seen the yeah. first one, the first Godzilla and Kong Skull Island. I kind of just kind of skipped to this one. So it's kind of like it's kind of like I watched Endgame, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then skipped right to. To be honest, you don't really need to watch those movies. Like, it's not not exactly that important because it this movie does a really good job of not mention like mentioning the last two movies like like little to none. Yeah, I actually remember reading in, on the Wikipedia page that a lot of characters were supposed to reprise their roles from earlier movies, but they just didn't. So like, there was almost no continuity. It sounds like. Yeah, just literally two just literally two original cast members were in this film. Like, they just, you know, of course they brought Millie back because how famous she is, but, like, she, but her her character wasn't necessary, though. So let's get into the reason everybody's here is the fights. Uh, did you guys have a favorite sequence in this movie? Oh, man. My favorite sequence was the Hong Kong sequence. That entire fight, like, oh, I was on the edge of my seat. That was, like, the... That whole scene was probably... I probably could have just paid the entire movie ticket just to see that scene, and I would have been fine. Like, I would... That's what I've been telling people all week. I'm just like, just go on, just go somewhere and look for the Hong Kong fight sequence because it's, like, super energetic and, like, really colorful and vibrant. All those, all those like, neon lights on the buildings. Oh, yeah, and I also want to talk about his and... axe. Like, his axe is, like... Seems to be way more important than it is, so I think it's like a giant buildup for like the next movie. I think like the next oh, movie. Yeah, how have we not talked about King Kong's magic axe? Like King, like everybody, King Kong gets a magic axe in this movie. And I didn't mention it right out of the gate. It glows blue when Godzilla's around. Like, why does it do that? <laughs> <laughs> I like. I need to know. I need answers. Like, I like. That's what I like. What I love about this movie is that like it's getting me excited for kaiju movies again, and I just love it. <laughs> Yeah, that that hollow earth energy. I don't remember if it had a name in this movie, but just that that energy from the the soil and hollow earth. And they really make Kong King Kong by giving him his own throne, his own room with all this like the Kong statues around. But if you look in the ring around him when the that blue circle that kind of forms around his throne, like for a split second if you pay attention, it makes up like a Godzilla symbol. Oh, it died. I did. I did. I did, I did not clock that, that at all. Wow, that is impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's only for like a split second, but I I know for sure it was there. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for me personally, my my I mean I mean I loved Hong Kong and everything, but it was the it was the it was the moment when Kong when Kong gets gets brought back to life by the giant defibrillators. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he goes and and helps Godzilla fight Mechagodzilla. I think that it, it was very short, but that was very. It was probably my favorite, my favorite sequence in the movie, just because it it begins with my favorite moment 
in a in a lot of movies in a lot of categories it's when it's when kong has his his shoulder dislocated and like he stands up and he like pops it back into place by slamming it into the side of a skyscraper it like knocks a big chunk out of it i just love that so much because it just shows that like the writers of this movie do not care about that conversation about you know too much damage happening in superhero movies they're like no we're just gonna like wantonly destroy (laughs) hong kong who even cares anymore it totally gets rid of that whole man like man of steel kind of argument like because it's the whole general point it's over the top and it's silly it's these giant monsters completely raising these cities and that's the overall point because godzilla like if you um i don't know if like everyone kind of knows this but he's a reference to uh He's a reference to like the the end of World War Two when Japan got bom- like when Nagasaki and Hiroshima got bombed. Um, Godzilla is like the like I think he's like the symbol for like trying to like symbol is like the symbol for America. He only attacks when he he only attacks when he's provoked, and he's like that monster that came overseas and completely raised cities. Oh, you know, I, I I had heard I had heard of that um I I I'd heard of that um that metaphor before, but yeah, I would never heard like the full the full extent of it. I I I, I didn't know because I'd heard that he was like it was like it was like Japanese guilt over World War Two, exactly. but I, I I didn't hear about the um only attacks when provoked thing. Like I I hadn't heard that before. That's that's good. That's why they keep that part consistent about Godzilla because it's such an integral part of him. So how about you, Tyrese? Did you have anything, uh, spe- any specific fight scenes in this movie that you that you liked or didn't like? I mean, like, I I can't I can't like I can't argue with it to be honest. But yeah, I kind of I honestly I have I have nothing bad to say about the the aesthetic of the film. It's just it's just it's just there just to uh, entertain you. It's just supposed to be like an eye pleaser, you know. Just I the overall, but I I just not a fan of the. Of the of the director of the film because his past stuff isn't all that is all that to me, but if I'm not sure if any of you have seen his past films, maybe like Death Note. I did I did I did a little research into him. I actually had missed that he did Death Note. I just noticed yeah. he did a lot. Oh, he yeah. did a lot of work in like the horror in like horror circles. Yeah. But yeah, but like, I wasn't expecting much because since his past stuff, I I didn't favor so much. But like this is a huge step up for him for sure. I, I agree with the Death Note thing. I didn't like that much either. I did like that one fight scene with like the those like when he uh, Kong goes to like Hollow Earth, and then he fights those flying beasts. I don't know what the name of those flying beasts were, but like he's basically slamming oh, like those flying stingray things, right? He like picks one up and slams them on the floor like over and over again, and then like he decapitates <laughs> them. But he's like eating the back of his skull, but like he's but it, it's like as if it's like a Gatorade, like he's chugging down a Gatorade, but he's eating the back of his head. <laughs> I just love um Isaac Gonzalez's character. She's just like that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wrecked me. That was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the only fight scene that I didn't particularly care for was the fight over the ocean on the way to Antarctica, the naval convoy, and oh, that was yeah. just because it goes underground so often, uh, it, or under the underwater so often. You know, I'm, I'm a big Mystery Science Theater fan, and there's an, and there's a movie where one of the characters, uh, Crow, says during a movie that underwater fight scenes are the drum solos of movies, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that too. 
is what bothered me was that Godzilla and King Kong didn't sink the ships, like actually hold them up. Just like I was like thinking, okay, they're not break, they're not they're not like destroyed by the for like their massive weight. Just like I know it's just a movie though. I thought it was really smart that they pretended to be dead. They have the they had all the ships turn off, like all the engines, all the power, and then like it made Godzilla think he won, so he stopped destroying stuff. Oh yeah, definitely, and and it it, it also it, it was another moment where they kind of showed that Godzilla was not the villain of this movie. Like he, we didn't know why he was acting the way he was acting, but he wasn't. It was it was clear. It was clear that he wasn't. He didn't have any actual like ill will toward the world. Like he was only doing what he felt like he needed to do. Exactly. Yeah, he, or to even protect himself. Like, if he feels like his existence is being threatened, he'll absolutely take anything out. <laughs> so another thing that usually irritates me in these kind of team-up movies is that in in a lot of cases, when they do, when they do like a whoever versus whoever movie, they tend to have one character postured as the hero and one character postured as the villain instead of them both having a point. Uh, Civil War did it, Batman vs. Superman did it, even Freddy vs. Jason kind of did it. And this movie also does it with uh, Kong. Kong is, this is clearly Kong's story. He's the, he's the hero of it. He takes out Mechagodzilla and has that awesome shot where he rips his head off and holds it above his head in victory. And it's like one of the, I just want that, I just want that framed on my wall. (laughs) Did you guys approve of the way they kind of postured Kong as the clear hero for most of the film? Yeah, I'm like totally I was totally down with the way he was doing the uh American sign for uh home. I was super down for that. I thought that was super interesting. That was like a whole different direction that I haven't seen in with like most kaiju movies. <laughs> so, um I uh, I was, I just don't, I do agree with you that I'm not 100% down for, like, those, like, Batman v Superman kind of tropes where, like, we're gonna, we're, we're acting as if one side is gonna win, but really they're gonna end up teaming up by the end of the movie against the actual bad guy. Yeah, that's what I was always asking people. It's like, because so, I, 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 I was at work, actually, and we were all, we were all working on something, and I was, like, and... They were all arguing like who's gonna win and um who's gonna win in this fight. And at one point I'm like, okay guys, can we just be real for a second? Who do you think's gonna show up for them to team up against? Because <laughs> that was what I was most excited about. <laughs> and Mecha Godzilla was the best possible answer, I think. The Mecha Godzilla was like the doomsday of this movie for in terms of like Batman v Superman and how that movie went. Yes. Like it was the overall the actual bad guy, which actually turned out to be the humans who were behind it all in the first place. It's pretty ironic because because Apex thought that they were getting rid of the, the the villains of the Earth, you know. Yeah, but yeah, they just wanted to be the Apex. <laughs> it's like I said, I just find it very funny that they that they didn't even consider that putting magic inside of a giant robot might be a dumb idea. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what to call it. It's <laughs> so down to brass tacks, guys. Did. Did this film offer a satisfying answer to you on who would win in a fight? Do you feel like things got manipulated too much in one direction? Or do you think that this is the definitive piece of evidence that would hold up in court (laughs) over who would win, Godzilla or King Kong? I think so in the way that, like, it it clearly shows that Kong was struggling against Godzilla. But the way they kind of, like, remedied that was to make, like, Kong take out the 
the one thing that was giving Godzilla trouble. So I just felt like it was just probably it was pretty much it was overall kind of it was overall satisfying and it pretty really does tell you like who would kind of win because I don't think they were gonna like Kong was gonna win in the first place. After seeing like Godzilla's track record, I had my doubts. <laughs> but well, there is there is precedent though. Um, they, they there was a movie that they fought in the '60s, and from what I hear, Kong won that one. Yeah. So he was never totally out of the game. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, throughout the film, like he was struggling. You know, like I mean, he nearly Godzilla nearly drowned him, and and those flying things in the hollow like Earth nearly took him down he basically he needed assistance throughout the film from humans actually so i i truly didn't think that they had it in them to actually give us and to actually give us an answer like they, they had to actually end that fight to actually say that yes guys godzilla won this battle you know kong kong was going to redeem himself a minute later but you know godzilla definitely won and I will cop to that, even though I've been on Kong's side since the beginning. Oh yeah, I'm definitely Team Kong, but I I just knew for a fact Godzilla was gonna win. I just I mean I'm Team Kong because he's just like they make you they make him very like they make him very human. They make they give him a lot of they make you feel for him. Like they give him like they give you make you feel a lot of empathy towards this fucking creature that's like just trying to just find his home, find his origin story does not understand why these humans are like causing him all these all this pain why he's in shackles and stuff i mean it makes sense you know he's an ape you know and apes in general are intelligent but but i just think what made him more like like special is is his relationship with that death girl gia like Mm -hmm. like like he was she was the one that actually showed how how kind he is you know like that's right. Yeah, we haven't talked too much about Gia, but I, I I would say that her dynamic with Kong is probably the best yeah. thing in this movie. Like the, the 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 angle I didn't I didn't see coming, and that I really enjoyed. The sign language is definitely what got me floored. That's yeah. what I paid a lot of attention to. Yeah, I I did not expect that much tenderness out of this movie. Like I was I was I was I was in like ready for a pro wrestling match. Like I was gonna be like, I'm gonna <laughs> pound a bunch of monsters, a bunch of monsters, and I'm just gonna scream at my computer screen. But yeah, I actually ended up feeling for Kong, which I did I I didn't expect. <laughs> they snuck up on me. Good job, Warner. I was so happy for so Kong. So did this movie? So guys, did this movie deliver enough of what you wanted? Or do you think they messed around too much with unnecessary stuff? Well, in a perfect world, I would want a really good Godzilla or King Kong story. Like, but I don't think I'm ever going to really get that if I want, like, the action scenes I want. <laughs> but uh, in terms of, for, for this movie specifically, I felt like this movie, like, if we're going to get technical, it was kind of like a 7 out of 5 to me out of 10. But if I was to be, like, in terms of, like, my own personal bias, like, and what I want in kaiju movies, this was a 10 out of 10. It was fully delivered to me. Yeah, personally, personally, I wanted a little bit more of the main event stuff. The, 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 they spent too much time on the human stuff, I think. And the fact that the humans were badly implemented made there be far too much of them in this movie. And whenever one of them was talking like even the ones that i said earlier that i liked even when they were even whenever they were having a conversation about something i was just like can we please 
I I signed up for Kong vs. Godzilla. If I had actually paid money for this movie, I'd be very mad. <laughs> to be clear, I didn't pirate this movie. I watched it on HBO Max. There's just too much of them. Yeah, there was far too much. This movie did do its job in that it made me want to see more MonsterVerse stuff. Like, I, I, I want to see this kaiju universe keep going. You know, like... I read that from, I read that they actually cut off a lot of scenes from the last film that kind of like changed the the plot for this film. Like, like in the last film, Mothra there was supposed to be a second egg like for Mothra to apply that he'll that Mothra will return in the next one. So I'm not sure how Mothra would play into that. So they just had to cut that out. I'm more interested in Kong's side of the kaiju story because, like, it's he's from like Hollow Earth, and I want to know more about that. I also want to know more about like his family and like why exactly he had a throne in the first place because they don't at all explain that. <laughs> yeah, like, was he was was this in his blood or did he just come and take the throne? Yeah, it's 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 very ill explained. Like a lot of things in this movie, just very very ill explained. But for good reason, I think. I think they do it in a way to build up, to to set the to set the stage, set the ground for probably the next big kaiju movie. I I, re- I really would love it one day if we could get like a like an American version of um Godzilla Final Wars, where it's just this big tournament of kaiju. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> they're like they're all battling for the universe. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I just wanted, I get, I think I felt like there was a lot, I was like probably expecting a little bit more fight scenes overall. Yes, definitely. But I guess I, w- I wasn't exactly upset with the fight scenes I did get because the ones that, I, they far exceeded my expectations for like kaiju movie fight scenes in like 2021 with like the technology we have. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, those <laughs> hit big time. One thing I'd like to talk about, too, is just uh, I'm very upset. And I I mentioned this earlier in this podcast. I was very upset that in all my research, I couldn't find the names of the people who did the motion capture work for Kong and Godzilla. And that just irritated me because they did a lot of really good physical work. And they did a a lot of really good, like, facial capture. And they were the stars of the movie. It's Kong versus Godzilla. That should be illegal, the fact that they didn't even get recognized as much as they should. I, I dug all over. I, I've done everything short of doing a frame-by-frame frame on the credits. But yeah, I cannot find their names anywhere. And it, it really is deeply, deeply uncool to me. Yeah, I I, disagree. I agree with you. It should be a crime <laughs> to not give them the credit they deserve. All right, guys, so I think we got it. It sounds like we're all pretty positive on the movie. Could have been better, could have been worse, but generally when it gets down to brass tacks, it delivered. Oh, yeah. So, do you guys have any uh, upcoming projects or anything on viewpoints that you'd like to talk about here? I have a upcoming feature story. Um, if you want to just keep an ear out like it's coming out soon it's it will be on the viewpoints network podcast on anywhere you get your podcast from but that's it for me i guess i mean i yeah 
I mean, I told you that would be cool to do one on Mortal Kombat, but you get someone to do that um, issue. <laughs> yes, I would definitely be into that. I've actually got a couple of strange ideas. I don't know if the technology will be there to make this work, or if we'd even be allowed to... We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I will yeah, just, just stay, stay tuned on this one. And as always, remember to subscribe to the Viewpoints Podcast Network and keep an eye on our website, viewpointsonline.org. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tim. that's N-A-C-E-Y, and right back here in another two weeks for another goodie bag filled with pop culture weirdness. I'll see you next time.